Luke, Luke chapter 2. So if you've got your Bible, you can go there. Now, um, how many of you guys have ever, are afraid of roller coasters? How many of you guys are afraid of roller coasters, you know? Yeah, so if we were to ride a roller coaster this morning, you know, and, and we were to get strapped in. Yeah, okay, this is what I want you to do. I want you to stick your hands up. If, we're, if one's going to do it, we're all going to do it. Put your hands up like you're getting on a roller coaster. It's okay, guys. I know some of you are like, I'm Baptist. I don't do this. Come here. Y'all can go halfway up. You know, get your hands up now. Come on. It's like stick them up, remember? Get your hands because is it? Oh, we're going up. We're, we're up. We're going up. We're going up. We're, we're getting ready to... Uh, I'm going to have to watch this way. I'm going to have to go backwards with you. Here we go. Ready? Ready? Here we go. Here we go. We're going over the top. Click, 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 click. Ah! All right. So we're riding roller, virtual roller coasters this morning. Can't actually take you to the park because they're all closed, right? Uh, but we're doing it virtually today. Um, you know, thinking about roller coasters, you say, what, why has this, this got anything to do with Jesus, all right? Um, roller coasters this morning, if you're afraid of roller coasters, maybe you didn't start out that way, you know. Um, maybe you liked roller coasters. Maybe you've never liked roller coasters. Uh, I've kind of had this love-hate relationship. I've, I've kind of don't like to ride roller coasters now uh, just simply because when I'm, like, eating popcorn and cotton candy and you get on the swirly thing it's probably not a great combination because you usually wind up hanging out by the trash can the rest of the time you're at the park but um i've got some pictures i want to show you of some people who have different experiences on the roller coaster then can you put that first one up there this is the first one this one look at this look at this isn't that great isn't that great i mean I mean, that guy, he's like, yeah, this is great. I wonder if this is our first date. You know, if this is like, the, the, he tell you, he's like, this was a great idea. I'm going to take her on a roller coaster. You know? And she's thinking, I hate this guy. I'll not go on a second date with him, you know. So, you know, I don't think she's having as good of a time as what he's having, you know. So next picture, next picture. Uh, yeah, so you see this little kid. Oh, we feel bad for him, don't we? Oh, look at the little kid. I mean, and they're probably not. I mean, it's called the fly. How scary can the fly be, right? I mean, come on, right? So, I mean, like, they're, they're like, hey, this is great. Little kid's like, please get me off the fly. You know, what's the next one? We got another one up here, you know? Oh, yeah, okay. Some of you guys have been on this one. It's like Six Flags, the log flume, you know? You're going down. The kids are terrified. Even dad's like, why am I doing this? Why did I pay money for us to come do this? You know, and, and, and some of us, have, how many of you have, have had these experiences? You know, I have had this experience. My family has had this experience, and I want to share this with you. 2012, we went to Legoland. And this is my family on a roller coaster at Legoland. This is Ken, and I asked, I called them this morning, I said, boy, they're coming to be at the second service, and I started just the first service and then asked for forgiveness instead of permission, but I did, I asked, I said, guys, can I use this picture, I know you're older now, you know, and, 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 and they're like, yeah, I think they were too sleepy to, to understand what was happening, but, but they had a very different experience than me and Raina, me and Raina were like, yeah, this is great, this is awesome, you know, and, and sometimes we have the different experiences uh, when it comes to uh, roller coasters, uh, sometimes we allow things to uh, 
you know, make us afraid or we get scared of certain things and our emotions get wound up. Anybody, your emotions ever wind you up? Yeah, come on. Yeah, that's me. I'm, I'm going to hold up an arm foot and, and uh, the other foot too, you know, because I do. I let my emotions uh, kind of spin me up, you know, and especially uh, maybe fear sometimes that, that we get fearful of things. And so when we come to uh, this idea of our feelings, and I just want to share this with you, uh, this first statement here is this, our feelings may be true, but often our feelings don't tell us the truth. We may, we may feel like, yeah, that's true, I'm feeling this, it's true, this is what I'm feeling, but they may not be telling us the truth. Because sometimes I've made decisions based on my feelings and I've made some very bad choices. There have been times I've let fear push me into making decisions and I've made some bad choices. And, and so, you know, this morning as we're talking about this idea of Advent, this idea, we've been in a series, uh, this series is called A Weary World Rejoices. Um, and this, this idea it comes from a line in uh, Oh Holy Night. We're going to sing Oh Holy Night on Christmas Eve. I can't wait for that time. I love that. It's one of my favorite moments, you know, just belting it out, whether you sing really well or not. In your head, you sing well, right? Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe you don't even like the sound of your own voice. But, but I, I love that, that moment. It's like I'm singing this song, but there's a line, and it says, A weary world rejoices, and it seems like we have been through a lot of things over the year. And this has been a year where we've had to confront a lot of our emotions. This has been a year we've, we've had to confront a lot of our fears. And, and I think that on that first Christmas, that the Advent, that first Advent, the arrival of Jesus, uh, that that's one of the things that had to be confronted was fear. And this morning, I want to talk to you about that, what we find in Luke chapter 2. And if you go to, your, to uh, the Bible, Luke chapter 2 is where we're going to be. And we're going to start in uh, verse 8. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And it says, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with fear, right? How many of you, if you were just going about your day, say you're working the night shift, you're out there. Maybe you work security, you know, just to get in your head, you're working security, and you're out, and it's just you at night, and uh, suddenly a light appeared, and the glory of the Lord <laughs> shone round about you, but you didn't know it was the glory of the Lord yet, right? You just knew there was this light, and something had appeared in front of you. Uh, how many of you would be afraid, Right? Some of you are like, ain't scared of nothing. Okay, we'll see. All right. So, I mean, you know, we, I can't imagine, I try to put myself in the place of the characters in these stories and I think, how would I have I felt? I think I would have felt fear too. I think I would have felt like I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happening. Probably confusion, some anxiety, you know, and so all these things begin to work together. Um, and, and I love what it says here. And it says, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel of the Lord said to them, what? Fear not. Fear not. 
This, this little phrase is echoed all throughout the Bible. It's echoed all throughout, uh, not just the New Testament, but in the Old Testament, there are places we find uh, this phrase, fear not. This phrase, fear not, and there's some debate on how many times it's found in certain uh, variations. Uh, it's found 138, from 138 times to 158 times in Scripture, this little phrase, fear not. That's a lot. That's a lot of, of, of times. That's, that's, that's almost like, you know, a fear not for like every other day. You know, you got a fear not for every other day of, of the year where it's just saying, hey, you know, fear not. Don't, don't let fear consume you. And it says, the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news. How I many like good news? I like good news. I like good news. When somebody comes to me and says, you want the good news or the bad news? I said, just give me the bad news first because I like to end on a good note, right? Tell me the bad stuff first. And it says, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. I love that. I love the fact that this message that the angels came and spoke to who? It was the shepherds. Now, who are the shepherds? The shepherds, I know that we've seen the Christmas plays, and they come in with mom's towel wrapped around their head, you know, wearing the bathrobe, you know, and they got, a, a, you know, a stick that they've pulled out of the woods. They're walking in, and they're supposed to be the shepherds, you know. And, and it's all cute and stuff in the Christmas plays, but really when you think about these guys, these guys had a job where they had an important job, especially these shepherds, because these shepherds, they were keeping the flock of the temple sheep. And if you think about it, Bethlehem was only about five miles outside of Jerusalem, which means that the temple flocks were kept there. They, these guys would have been watching over the temple flocks. These guys would have been watch, watching over the sheep that would become the sacrifice for the temple. And so when you look at their life and you think about these guys, they can only get so close to God. They weren't allowed to uh, go all the way up into the Holy of Holies like the high priest was. They weren't even able to go as far as some of the regular priests could go. They could only come so far, so close, but they had an important job of raising the sheep for the sacrifice for the temple. And it's, it's kind of interesting, it's, it's kind of ironic that you have such an important job that has to do with your faith and with your relationship with God, but even then, you can only get so close. So you just do your part, right? You just do your part, you do your job, this is my life, this is what I'm supposed to do. But I love the fact that what was told to these guys was, hey, I'm showing up, I'm giving you a message, don't fear. That's the first thing that they were told, don't fear, because if you don't fear, you're going to have great joy. And I don't want you to be consumed by fear. I want you to be consumed with joy. See, sometimes we, and we can think about this. I talked about joy about three weeks ago, and I told you guys joy is a choice. And we do have a choice on whether we have joy in our life. And so this morning, you can choose to fear or you can choose to have joy, but you can't choose both. You've got to choose either one. And so these guys were told, don't fear because I want to give you something better than fear. 
The initial reaction is fear, but the angel says, I have something much, much better for you than fear. You guys have been uh, acquainted with fear for a long time. The Romans rule you with an oppressive fist, so you understand what it means to fear those who are rulers over you. But I want to give you something else, and so I come to bring you joy. This is good news of great joy. So when we think about what does fear do to us, and there's three things that I want to share with you real quick about what fear does to us. And the first thing that fear does to us is this. It, it can make us angry. Anger is a reflex of fear. When, when we don't know what's going on, sometimes we just we get angry and we lash out. Anybody? You ever been there? You know, you've been confused. You don't know what's happening, you know, and, and you're fearful of, of what's happening, and so you get angry. You know, and angry, uh, becoming uh, angrier, and this anger is a reflex of fear. And so basically what we can do is we wind up, you know, allowing ourselves to be overtaken by these emotions. We we allow ourselves to be overtaken by fear, which can turn into anger. So anger is a reflex of fear. The second thing that we find is this, that insecurity is a reflection of fear. If anger is a reflex to fear, then insecurity is a reflection of fear. And how does that look? Insecure people. If you want to know uh, what it's like to be around insecure people, let me, let me help you real quick. You ask this question. You ask the question, am I enough? When you have fear that you don't match up or you don't measure up, and maybe that's where you're at, maybe that's how you have lived your life, that you ask these questions, am I enough or do I have what it takes? Do I have what it takes to do the job that, that, that I have to do? Do I have what it takes to be the husband that I need to be? Am I enough to be the mom and the wife that, that I need to be? And so sometimes we get insecure about uh, who we are and and it comes out in about four different ways let me give you these real quick insecure people do this insecure people will try to make you feel insecure right insecure people will try to make you feel insecure because what they do is they begin to project their insecurity on someone else so if i'm insecure you know what i want to find something that i want to try to make you insecure about so that we can both be insecure and maybe i can feel you know, better about myself if you feel worse about yourself, right? How messed up are we, <laughs> right? But this happens. We understand this. So insecure people, sometimes they will, be, uh, they, they, will, they will try to make you feel insecure, and they will try to project this on someone else. Insecure people will showboat. Insecure people will showboat. Um, maybe you've been around them. They constantly like to brag about their life, their education, maybe their amazing children, uh, and really they're just trying to convince themselves of their worth. If you get around people like this and they've always trying to one-up you, maybe you have a good news of your own. They're like, well, I've got even better news, you know. I did this at my job, or this happened with my kid, or, you know, I got a, I got a chance. And it's like, okay, great. They they're, they're always have, it's like a bragging thing. So in, in, insecure people uh, will try to make you feel insecure. They're, uh, insecure people will showboat. Insecure people will drop the humble brag. This is what they do. They complain about, maybe they complain about having to travel, uh, all the travel that they have to do because they have an important job. 
Oh my God, I got to go to, I've got to go off again to, to this far distant place. And man, it's just, it's just tough. You know, I got to go to Paris again. I feel real bad for you, right? You know? What's, what's, what's this, you know? But what they're trying to do really is, is make themselves feel like, you know, hey, I, I'm, I, I, I am an important person and, and I have an important job. Um, and so they, they're trying to make themselves believe this as well. Last thing is this, is insecure people will complain that things aren't good enough. I've seen this around the church a lot. Not around this church, but around a lot of churches. Uh, they like to show what high standards they have uh, or that we do things with excellence and so that they want to show how excellent they do things and how unexcellent you do it that's insecurity and and what that is 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 it comes out of fear it comes out of fear of not being able to measure up it comes out of fear of asking am i enough you know for this for these people do i have what it takes that's what fear does that's what that's what it turns into so it it moves people to anger we Anger is a reflex, and insecurity is a reflection of fear. The third thing that we find here is this. Control issues are a response to fear. Control issues are a response. Anybody, you're a control freak, you know? Yeah, and nobody wants to raise their hand, maybe. It's like, I'm not copping to that. Uh, control issues are a response to fear. See, we want to control what's happening, Right? You want to control what's happening. This is my sphere, and this is my domain, and so I want to control everything that happens. I want to make sure because we have this fear that if we can't control it, we don't know what may happen, right? And so you jump into things. You know, you, you take control, and, and I'll be honest with you, I'm kind of a control freak at times. The, the staff knows it, my wife knows sometimes I will, I will jump into stuff because I, I feel like, I mean, I can't let anybody do this. I need to do it myself because if somebody else does it, they probably won't do it like I want to do it, and then it'll just be bad, and so it just, I need to do it, and then it's probably still bad if I do it because I probably shouldn't have been the one to do it in the first place, right? Amen. <laughs> somebody, somebody, that was a little too loud on that amen, right? So control, yeah, control issues are a response to fear. We have these things. We fear. Uh, we get angry. We, we are insecure. And we have these control issues because we feel like if we can't control it, you know, then, then we're fearful of what may happen if we can't control it. You say, okay, what does this have to do with the wise men or the, the shepherds? The shepherds were guys who couldn't control much of anything to do with the kingdom that they were part of. They didn't have much control over the fact that they were only allowed to come so far at the temple. They, they, they didn't have a ton of control. And if you go back to this question of the roller coaster, think about the roller coaster. And I thought about this, and if we go back to the roller coaster, and I ask this question, why is it that people who have the most joy in life are the people who have the least amount of control. Why is it that the people who have the most joy in life are the people who have the least amount of control? And how does that play? And when you're thinking about a roller coaster, you know the people who are enjoying the roller coaster are the people who just let go and they understand, I don't have any control at all. So I'm going to throw my hands up, you know. Woohoo, let's ride, baby. Let's go. 
I mean, think about it. You know, the people who are terrified, they're the ones gripping the, uh, the, the, the uh, thing in front of the bar in front of you, and they're saying, I want to get off this ride because I do not like what's happening. I can't control how fast I'm going. I can't control where I'm going, and so I'm ready to get off this ride. But then there's the other people that are just smiling, and they're just like, yeah, they're hanging out, woo-hoo, you know. And those people have realized they get great joy and they understand, I'm not in control of this thing, but I am going to ride this ride and enjoy it. I am going to enjoy this, this idea of this freedom. Think about it. Even, even should we? Because <laughs> when you pull up, who is the person that is running that roller coaster? It is a 21-year-old pimple-faced kid who is looking down at his phone probably, checking his Instagram, you know, and he has got your life and he says, oh, I missed that one. They're going to go on and throw right on through again, you know. Hopefully that's not the case. It's not quite that bad. But really, think about who we've entrusted our life to. I think about that sometimes. I've been to Six Flags or been to the fair, you know, and you think, these guys running these, these rides, are they, are they really, you know, equipped to, to do that? Are they certified, right? And sometimes you just kind of question these things. Is, is this one of those moments I've made a bad choice? But, but there's a lot of people who just said they get to it and they just they want to have fun. They, they, they want to have that joy. And they understand, you know what, I don't have control over a lot of this stuff. But this is a moment for me to enjoy the moment. This is a time for me to enjoy this so I think when it comes to the shepherds, what God wanted to give them wasn't control over their situation, but he wanted to give them something much better. He wanted to give them joy. And what he wanted them to understand is even though you don't have control over this situation, I do. Even though you don't have control over much that goes on in this world and in this kingdom and in this empire that is run by Caesar Augustus, I do. And I think that's something we have to be reminded of in the Christmas story. That even though, not just the Christmas story, but the everyday story. That even though there are a lot of things in life I can't control, God can. And God is in control. See, and joy is not just some kind of carefree attitude that is aloof of responsibility either. This, this, is, this is the next thing I want you to understand. Joy is not being reckless with the responsibilities that I have control over. Joy is being released from the burdens that I have no control over. Do you get that? See, there are some things in life that God does say, you get a chance to choose this. Be responsible with this decision. Yeah, this is a choice that I give you, but then there's going to be a thousand other things that you don't get to choose. You know what? Walking through this this last year, I've, I've... you know, mortality has been on my mind. Just the, the brevity of life has been on my mind. But I've made the choice. I've said, God, I don't want to worry about, you know, am I going to make it till tomorrow? I, I don't have to do that. That is something I have no control over. So, God, I want to be joyful in today. And if you give me tomorrow, I'm going to be joyful tomorrow. If I get next week, I'm going to be joyful in next week because, God, you are in control of my yesterday. You are in control of my present. And you are in control of my tomorrow. And I am released from that burden of worry. I can have joy in this. So when the angel comes and says, fear not, I bring you good news of great joy.
And I've not come to give you all the controls, but I've come to let you know that I am in all control. That God holds all things in his hand. And so today as we just get ready, and I'm getting ready to close out, somebody can play. See, this idea is not about just losing control, but it's about losing our need to be in control. See, self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. And, and it's not about us not having self-control, but it's about the fact that we just say, you know what, I don't need to be in control of everything. Somebody this morning, you need to resign as king of the universe. Seriously. I know people who they would write that down on a post-it note and stick it to their mirror before they walked out the door in the morning to go to work. That they would say, today I resign as king of the universe. And they would put that on their mirror and they would say, God, you're in control. I'm not, but I'm going to trust you with it. I'm not in control of a lot of things that happen. There are a lot of things that, yeah, I, I, I can be in control of, and there are a lot of things that I have, you have given me responsibility of, and I'm going to make responsible decisions, but, God, there are a thousand other things that I'm not in control of, and this morning I am going to surrender those things to you. So this morning, what is that that you need to surrender? What is that part of your fears and worries that you need to surrender and you need to make the trade and trade fear for joy. Anybody this morning? You would just say, I need to make that trade of fear to joy. I, I, I get the choice. I don't have to be afraid because God tells me to fear not, but that he's giving me great joy. And so, God, I'll make that trade this morning. They're going to lead us in this song. And I want you to stand with us. I want you to sing this with us together and I'll come back and close this out in prayer in just a second.
Father, we come to you now. We thank you that you reign over all things. That you came as a little bitty baby, but you are not a little bitty baby right now. You are king over all things. You are king forever. You are king of dominion. You are king with eternal power. You are king with healing in your hands. And so, Lord, we come and and we just pray, Lord, that we can just trust you that we put our life in your hands. We know that there are things that we can't control and there are things that maybe we can be fearful of, but today we choose joy. Today we make a choice and trade off our fear for your joy. We trade off our our old fears for your good news and your great joy. And so this morning it's more than a song. We surrender ourselves to you. We resign from our position as king of the universe and trust you as the true king of the universe. And we pray, Father, whatever may come, Lord, it's in your hands. Whatever happens tomorrow, you're already there. And so, God, it belongs to you. And so, Lord, we belong to you, and we're going to trust you. And so, Lord, I pray, Father, that when the enemy comes and tries to make us believe the lie that you're not in control, he tells us that we're not in control, and and maybe we do uh, believe that, that maybe I am not in control, but, Lord, I'll never believe the fact that you're not in control. I'll never believe that that's a fact because it, the truth is you are in control of all things. You are in control of my life. You are in control of my history and my story fully. And so we give you this now. We just ask your blessing, Lord, as we get ready to walk out of here. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Listen, guys, you can walk out of here this morning and know